Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host in this retrospective edition of Fake News. And welcome to episode 19, where it's all about COVID-19. And I've been wanting to do one of these episodes for a while. Um, basically, here is what I'm observing about the pandemic and how it's how it's been covered by the news. Basically, all along, there have been two camps about how to handle the pandemic, two schools of thought. And one side believes the CDC, the science, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and that the news media, that they've all been trustworthy when it came to pandemic policies like lockdowns, social distancing, masks, coronavirus treatment, and vaccines. And then there's another side that believes that all those medical and media institutions have been untrustworthy, and in some cases, outright lying about the scientific evidence for all of those things. And so the, to the left wing, to be honest, has tended to identify more with the side that trusts the media, trusts the government's handling of coronavirus. The, the right wing has tended to identify more with the side that doesn't trust how they've handled it or what they've said. Now, listen, I'm not saying anyone out there who wears a mask or gets vaccinated is a left winger or that getting vaccines is a left wing policy. I don't believe that really. But I'm just saying that the pro mask, the pro vaccine side, it's generally identified more with the left than the right, especially when you bring mandates into it. That's more of a left wing policy. And if you're on the right, uh, and, you know, if you want to wear a mask for whatever reason, that's totally your call. I think you should do whatever you want. I'm not trying to say you're a left winger then. I, I, and by the way, the, this too, I want to say this up front. Don't take medical advice from podcasts. I am not a medical expert. <laughs> I'm more of an expert, I think, when it comes to interpreting information, recognizing when someone is using a persuasion technique against you. And that's why I started doing this podcast, because wh what I see as the great need in our society right now is that people just don't know what to believe anymore. People don't know who to trust. And so the coronavirus pandemic, I think it's made that issue more plain than ever. We, what we have right now is that we have an information crisis in this country. People just don't know what to believe anymore. I was speaking to a cleaning lady recently, um, the lady who cleans at the place where I work, and we got to talking about um, COVID-19 information and misinformation. And she was saying that from her perspective, you, you know, you can talk to one person and as she said it, she said they sound 100% sure about what they're saying. And then you go talk to someone else and they say the exact opposite thing. And yet they sound just as certain about how right they are. And she's just not sure who's right. And I think there's millions of people all over this country who would say the exact same thing. So what I want to do today, I want to review the history of the pandemic. And I, I'm not giving medical advice today. I'm just doing a review of how we have been lied to at every stage of this whole thing since day one. And hey, you might be saying now, hey, why dwell on the past? <laughs> you know, how does all this benefit society to go over all this stuff now? Well, I would like to provide a conglomeration on this episode of all the major lies that have been told about this pandemic by the supposed scientific experts, okay? The politicians and the news media. And so when people say to you, even today, when they say, why don't you trust the science? You can point them to this podcast and, and this episode, and you can say, well, here's a catalog of all the reasons that I don't trust the experts. 
okay? So as I said before, there's there's kind of two camps, two ways, of, two schools of thought on how people think about coronavirus stuff. One side who really trusts, who really trusts the authorities, and one side that that really doesn't. One side that trusts the government, the media, the scientists, the science, as they call it now. There's one side who really trusts all them, one camp of people. That's generally more identified with the left, but not always. But there's one side who trusts all those authority figures. And then there's another side that really doesn't. And so if you're in the side that does, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, give some information today that'll make you perhaps question why you trust them so much and help you to understand why there's those of us in the other camp who don't, who don't trust them. And if you're already in that camp, if you're like, yeah, I already know that they're junk. I already know that I can't believe anything that they say. Well, there's people out there who just are like, why don't you trust the science? Why don't you trust the facts? There's data, there's scientific evidence of blah, blah, blah. Point them to this episode. This episode's gonna catalog all the reasons that we really can't trust the experts. Doesn't mean that everything they say is wrong. Most of it might be right. But they lie so often, you can't know what's right and you can't know what's false. And what I'm gonna try to do today is give you at least 19 reasons why we can't trust the supposed experts on COVID-19. Okay, let's start today with a bit of a timeline. I just want to kind of take us back to when all this started. In January 9th of 2020, which was over two years ago now. It doesn't even feel like it in some ways. In some ways, it feels like a million years ago. In some ways, I can't believe it's been this long that we've been in the pandemic stage. But in January uh, January the 9th, the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, they announced a mysterious coronavirus-related pneumonia in Wuhan, China. On January 21st, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, they confirmed the first United States coronavirus case. On February 2nd, global air travel was restricted in the United States from uh, like other countries. On March the 6th of 2020, there I remember this pretty clear, there were 21 passengers on a California cruise ship that tested positive. And this was kind of an omen of what was really about to hit all of the United States when that happened. Up until then, it kind of felt like it was a thing that was just over in China that they were dealing with. We weren't really sure if it'd make it over here or if it did, if it would really be that bad. Because we'd never been through something like this before. March 6th of 2020, that's when the passengers on the cruise ship, when all that was going on. And then on March March the 13th, um, Trump put in a more strict travel ban than the global air travel ban from before. He put in a more strict one. Uh, and also around that time, that's when the lockdown started in, started in this country. And and from there, you kind of remember um, the lockdowns is a little bit different state by state. We all started the lockdowns in the middle of March of 2020. But depending on what state you lived in was really when the lockdowns ended. So for me, where I live, we got out of lockdown sometime in, I want to say March, no, not March, um, sometime in May of 2020, we got out of lockdown. And then there were a few periods where, like in our community, where we live, we had to re-lock down a couple times for like a few weeks here and there because the case the cases got so high in our area. Some Once in a while, we'd have to lock down again. But in general, like the, the main lockdown phase, that ended for us, I think, in May, June of 2020. And we kind of got back to life around that point. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember it was Mother's Day. 
our church and our our local church opened back up on Mother's Day of 2020. So that was in May. Now, if you lived in a place like California, <laughs> it was at least through the rest of the year and into 2021. Might even still be today for all I know. I don't really know much about what they're doing day to day in California. But the lockdowns did not end in 2020 if you lived in uh, a state that was really strict on the restrict on the restrictions, strict restrictions. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's a little bit of a timeline, though. It was a little bit different place to place. Um, of course, the masking and social distancing was a big deal in 2020, and, and in some places up to today. The vaccines came out at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, and so then ever since then, we've had the vaccine debates going on. But I just want to go back to that. So early on when we started the lockdown and all that. Really, it, we it, we had this attitude at the start of the pandemic that, hey, we're all in this together. <laughs> you know, we're all gonna get through this together. But the fighting started pretty quickly after that. <laughs> you know, about two days of unity, two days of, hey, we're all in this together. It might've been a week, okay? But we pretty quickly got back into our normal fighting mode which is, as Americans, I guess it's where we like to be. One of the first fights was over what to call it. Okay, if you called it um, the Chinese flu or the Chinese virus, you were called racist. Because, now, I, nobody calls it that today. But early on, they didn't have an official name yet. We were calling it coronavirus, COVID-19. I mean, we, we weren't really sure what to call it yet. That's what that's really just kind of become known as today. But early on, a lot of people were calling it the Chinese flu, but that started a fight. You were told if you named a virus after the place that it came from, that you were being racist. And of course, it was probably because Donald Trump called it the, the Chinese virus. And so they said, because he did it, that, that made it racist. Ignoring the fact that for 100 years, we've referred to the Spanish flu. <laughs> the Spanish flu. Um, because I guess it came from, I'm, I'm guessing Spain. I don't, I'm not an expert on that one, but came from Spain or maybe Mexico, and so they called it the Spanish flu, the deal from like a long time ago. And then the swine flu, you might not know, that was officially, it was the Mexican swine flu. Um, another mini pandemic that we had several years ago was called MERS. That stood for Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. But now in 2020, when a flu comes from China, you can't call it the Chinese flu because that's just racist. Here's what I'm saying about that really. From the very beginning, this pandemic was being politicized, okay? They politicized the, the Chinese virus from the beginning using the same old boring playbook they always do to call it racist. Um, to this day, you know, right now as I speak, the Olympics are being held in China. China has never been held responsible for this virus that they unleashed on the world, you know, that, by the way, originally they blamed America for it. They, they blamed the American military when it first came out. They said the American military sent it into their country back in early 2020. That's what they were saying. But if you over here, if you said, hey, it's a Chinese virus, our own country was st starting to tell you, the media was telling you that you were just racist if you said that. Reason number one, that we just can't trust the experts. They, they called it racist to even mention where it came from early on in the pandemic. Okay, so that's reason number one for you today. From the beginning, they were politicizing this thing. From the beginning, they were trying to use it to hurt Trump and stir up division by starting a fight over what we could even call it. Telling you, no, it's racist if you name it after the place where it came from when we've done that for several other viruses in the past. 
Here's a second reason today that we just can't trust the, the experts on COVID-19. First, they said that masks don't work. Now they say that they do. And now actually they're saying again that they don't work. But the Surgeon General of America in February 2020, he tweets out, seriously, people, stop buying masks in all capital letters. They are not effective in preventing general public from catching hashtag coronavirus. But if healthcare providers can't get them to care for sick patients, it puts them in our communities at risk. CNN in March 2020. I read this story on a previous episode. It's just outrageous. CNN in March of 2020 put out a headline that said, Masks can't stop the coronavirus in the U.S., but hysteria has led to bulk buying, price gouging, and serious fear for the future. Panic over the novel coronavirus is hitting a fever pitch in the U.S., and despite repeated pleas from health officials not to purchase them, Americans can't stop snatching up masks and respirators. The mask boom has prompted sellers to jack up prices and exploit demand. This has meant a shortage for medics who need them. They said that in March of 2020. In March of 2020, the CDC said, one, a, a spokesman for the CDC said, it really does displease me to find people going out to, saying to buy masks. And she said, there is no role for these masks in the community. That's what the CDC was saying in March of 2020. CNN was also saying, Americans don't need masks. They buy them because they're scared. To be clear, once again, Americans don't need masks. This was what they said in their so-called objective reporting. <laughs> doesn't sound like objective reporting, does it? But CNN hasn't really done that for a while. Then CNN quotes the CDC. The CDC says that healthy people in the U.S. shouldn't wear them because they won't protect them from the novel coronavirus. In fact, warns U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams, face masks might actually increase your risk of infection if they aren't worn properly. That could very well be true even today. Where are the people saying that now? Where are they saying that now? That, yeah, you, that, mask, that mask you're wearing could increase your risk of infection. That could still very well be true today because a lot of people don't wear them properly. They do all kinds of wrong things you're not supposed to do with a mask. <laughs> but the government doesn't really care about that. <laughs> they just want you to comply. Don't ask questions, just comply. CNN, again, here's what they said. Medical workers who treat patients with novel coronavirus do need them, and the CDC says it's crucial that those supplies don't run out. When it comes to hysteria and panic, though, reason takes a back seat. That's what they told you in March 2020. If you wanted a face mask back then, they called it hysteria and panic. That is what the CDC, CNN, the government told you in March of 2020. If you want a face mask, that's just nothing but hysteria and panic. I didn't want a face mask in March of 2020. I wanted some toilet paper back then. <laughs> if you remember, that was what was running out. That's what, that was the hysteria and panic on my end. But there were some people thinking they needed a mask. Now, hey, before all this coronavirus stuff, I had went out with a mask before when I was feeling kind of sick one time and I didn't. There, I was in some situation, this had like never happened before, but I was in some kind of situation where I needed to go get some medicine at the store and there was no one who could go get it for me. So I put on a mask and I think it was like a painter's mask, but that was just all I had access to. So I put one of those on and went to Walmart. I felt like a freak, but that was before, that was before it was like normal to go out with a mask. No, in, in March of 2020, when we were locking down, the, the virus was in the United States by that point. They said, it's nothing but hysteria and panic. The World Health Organization, March 31st of 2020. They said there is no specific evidence 
to suggest that the wearing of masks by mass population has any potential benefit. In fact, there's some evidence to suggest the opposite in the misuse of wearing a mask properly or fitting it properly. That was Dr. Mike Ryan, executive director of the World Health Organization Health Emergencies Program. So later on, very quickly, if you remember, they changed their whole tune on that. Oh, like on a dime, they turned and said, now you do need to wear masks. If you don't wear a mask, you don't love your neighbor, you're killing your grandma, and you need to wear a mask or else you're gonna make everyone around you sick. Even if you have no symptoms, you gotta wear a mask. That's what the World Health Organization started saying. That's what the CDC started saying. Anthony Fauci went out, CNN reported that Fauci, along with several other US health leaders, initially advised people not to wear masks. Fauci later said that he was concerned that there wouldn't be enough protective equipment for healthcare workers. That's why he was saying that, but that he actually knew all along that you must wear a mask. <laughs> so in other words, he says, okay, I was lying before about the mask thing. Fauci says, I was incorrect before, so I lied to the public. I lied to the public. He, that's just, that's his excuse. That's not me saying he lied. He admits that he lied because he thought he was, it was good for the public that we not go out and buy a bunch of masks to make sure there's enough for healthcare workers. So he admits that he lied. Now you might say, oh, well, they lied for a good reason. They lied because they were trying to help society. Okay. Doesn't change the fact that they lied. Now, listen, I don't mind you when we're dealing with a pandemic and everything's new and we're trying to figure it all out. I don't mind you being wrong. I get upset when you won't admit that you were wrong, that you call people names for not believing you back then. And then when your narrative completely changes, then you start calling people names because they don't believe you now. So during lockdown, they said to wear a mask. I'm going to point this out to anyone who's thinking they might want to take their mask off at this point. Back during lockdown, when they said to wear a mask, because if you don't, then you're killing grandma and all that. You don't care about people. You're selfish. Wear a mask. When they said that during lockdown, the case rate was at 20,000 new cases a day. That was back in 2020. Now the government's starting to say to take them off. Now people are saying it's okay to take them off. That we just have to learn to live with COVID-19. The current case rate right now is in the hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. So if you said you had to wear a face mask in 2020 because you were killing grandma if you didn't, and that was back when the case rate was around 20,000 a day, and that you can't take them off until the case rate gets below that, well, guess what? That's the rule you set up. So if you're going to take them off, it means you are not believing the thing that you said in 2020. And if you're not going to believe your own words, why should we? That's why we don't believe the experts. Okay, I better pick it up because we're only... Number, we're only two in. Let's talk about lockdowns. Reason number three. They locked us all down back in 2020. They said this would work. Now the World Health Organization says they don't work. And I could give them a pass. Back in March of 2020, they said two weeks to slow the spread. 15 days to slow the spread. And we're going to lock down for two weeks. And I remember back then thinking it's probably going to be more like six weeks. Which is what, where I live, that's what we ended up doing. But I always kind of knew it wasn't just going to be two weeks. But anyway, the lockdowns that we now know were a fail. They really hurt more than helped. They hurt people by hurting the economy, and they made people lose their jobs. They, the government started giving out these stimulus packages, and that's caused inflation. We had 7.5% inflation just the past year. It's because of those stimulus packages caused by the lockdowns, caused by the government. 
The lockdowns were a terrible policy to pursue. Now, I could give them a pass for that because, like I said, early on, they said we're going to do this for a couple weeks. We aren't sure exactly what to do. We don't want to do nothing and have a bunch of people die. We don't want this to, like, put a bunch of people in the hospital and overload, overload the hospitals. So I could be for, I can be forgiving on that, okay? Made, it kind of made some sense to do the lockdown thing. So I don't hate them for that. But we look back now that we have more data, and now we can say they were a terrible policy to pursue. So I just want to point this out, okay? And by the way, I'm just saying, I, I bought into what they were saying early on, that I thought they had our public health, I thought they had our best interests in mind when they told us to lock down, okay? Remember that back then, they said you were being selfish if you didn't want to stay home and lock down. They said that, that was the word they used a bunch. You're being selfish if you won't comply with the lockdowns. And again, I'm saying I actually, I, I believed them. I agreed with them because I thought they had our best interests in mind. They said, you're selfish if you don't listen. But now we look back and realize that it was a bad idea. Washington Times just reported lockdowns had little or no impact on COVID-19 deaths, a new study shows. Uh, there was So Johns Hopkins basically put, just put out a study and... They said that the lockdowns were ineffective, okay? They give the definitive final answer, which the WHO has admitted this for over a year now. The lockdowns were a bad idea. They were admitting that before 2020 was even over, that the lockdowns did nothing. John Hopkins had put out a study saying that they were ineffective. CNN ignored that study. MSNBC ignored that study. New York Times ignored that study. Washington Post ignored that study. ABC, CBS, NBC, they all ignored that study because it came out with something that showed they were wrong to push the lockdowns early on in the pandemic. Remember how I always say they lie just by, as much by what they don't say as they do by what they do say. They're not even telling you about that. But we now know the lockdowns were a terrible policy. So early on, they moralized this and tried to say you're a bad person, you're selfish if you don't go along with it. Now we know it was a bad policy. Here's reason number four we can't believe the experts. <laughs> it was a hoax early on. This was from April 2020, that Donald Trump told Americans to inject bleach. So in April of 2020, Bill Bryan, he's with the Department of Homeland Security, he was speaking about how they had this plan to inject light inside the body because they said light can neuter the coronavirus. Now, hey, don't ask me. I have no idea how to <laughs> inject light into a person or how that works, okay? That's just what they said. That's just what they said, okay? They were talking about injecting light as a disinfectant. Um, I'm going to play a clip. Right after that, Donald Trump got up to speak. I'm going to play a clip from what he said. And then I'm going to explain how this was taken completely out of context by people there who were lying. Well, they were actually not the people there weren't reporting this, but people who just heard this one little clip took it out of context and lied about what Trump said. Let me play what Trump actually said to start off. You said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that. So that you're gonna to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. 
Okay, I'm going to stop it there. First of all, what is, I had to play that off my computer. Um, I didn't have an audio clip of that, so I'm sorry if that's uh, hard to hear, but I, hopefully you could hear that pretty well. So, by the way, what is it with like press conferences, the reporters, they're, they're photographers, they have such loud cameras. Like, I own, I own a DSLR camera. Its shutter is not that loud. <laughs> I don't know why in these big, like, press conferences they do at the White House, they bring the loudest cameras possible, it seems like. I don't know why that is. Why do you hear that over the microphone that the person is speaking at? <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, one of those mysteries I'm just never going to get. So um, Donald Trump, as you heard in that clip, he just kind of made an ordinary, um, not anything controversial what he just said. It became controversial later, but I actually played it all the way through to, to where the next reporter in the room followed up on what Trump said. I just want to point out, people in the room did not freak out when Trump said that because they all understood it in context. Okay, Nobody questioned what he said because it was right in line with Bill Bryan, who was just speaking right before that. But then the media and politicians who rebroadcasted this, they just took that one sentence about from Trump saying to inject the disinfectant, and they immediately equated that with bleach and said that Trump was telling people to inject themselves with, with bleach or disinfectants. And so for the rest of 2020, people claimed that Trump told people to inject themselves with disinfectants or to in inject yourself with bleach or to even drink bleach, okay? Donald Trump, or I'm sorry, Joe Biden, he even claimed this in a town hall right before the 2020 election. He said, President Trump says things like everything from that's crazy stuff. Then he walks away and says, inject bleach into your arm and that's gonna work. That was how Joe Biden characterized what I just played to you from Donald Trump, okay? He said that in a town hall in October, 2020. Now in the clip I played, did Trump ever even say the word bleach? No, he was talking about a disinfectant, specifically light as a disinfectant, okay? And NBC News ran a fact check on what Biden said. And you want to know what? They gave him a pass. They said, well, Trump did say that disinfectants could be injected into the body and bleach is a type of disinfectant. It's total lying, guys. Um, I just played the video myself right here in front of you. <laughs> he never even said anything about bleach. And, and Joe Biden just re-quoting it as Trump said to inject bleach into your arm. Trump said, he didn't say anything about arms or bleach or anything. Now listen, Trump is often loose with his words. I would agree with that 100%. He says stuff that's frankly stupid a lot because he's very loose with his language a lot of the time. In this case, this was a total hoax. He never said to inject yourself with bleach. He never said to inject yourself with anything. He's talking about what doctors could do. So this was just another hoax early on, but another example of how the supposed experts were politicizing this virus from the beginning. All right, let's talk about the lab leak theory. Number five, that they said the lab leak was a conspiracy theory. So there's a lab in Wuhan, China, and that's the exact city where COVID first broke out. And it studies microbiology. They study infectious diseases like coronavirus. They create these viruses under controlled conditions and then they try various ways to kill the virus. So many people pointed out quite reasonably that the virus probably escaped from the lab somehow 
And that's how it got out in the first place. That seemed quite reasonable <laughs> until Trump agreed that it was quite reasonable. And then the authorities had to go against whatever Trump said. So they called it a racist conspiracy theory. They said, no, it came from a wet market. And to suggest that it can't, that it might have been created in a lab that created viruses for testing purposes that was in the same city where the virus emerged. They said, no, that's just a baseless conspiracy theory. New York Times science writer Donald McNeil Jr., he called it a conspiracy theory. And, and this was echoed across the mainstream media spectrum. He said, new coronavirus is clearly not a lab leak, scientists say. Well, we now know that they were wrong. Scientists, <laughs> the scientists who said that were either stupid or they were lying. But either way, that's reason number five we shouldn't trust them. And it wasn't just the New York Times, the World Health Organization and 27 scientists. They wrote in the Lancet Medical Journal strongly condemning conspiracy theories about human involvement in the virus's creation. NPR reported back in April of 2020 that there was virtually no chance that the coronavirus was released from a laboratory in China or anywhere else. They said such an accidental release, it said it would have required a remarkable series of coincidences and deviations from well-established experimental protocols. It would not take a huge coincidence. The lab was in the same city where the virus <laughs> emerged from. There was a lab in the same city that studied these things. Okay, it would be a crazy coincidence if that was not where the virus came from when it originated in that city. But when Republican Senator Tom Cotton, I think he's from Arkansas, he pointed out this very basic truth, what I've just been telling you about it being in the same city. He pointed out that very basic truth about where the lab was located, the same city where the virus emerged from. Washington Post condemned him as pushing a debunked narrative back in 2020. But in 2022, that narrative has been accepted as the truth of what probably happened. We'll probably never get an official confirmation from China that that's what happened, but it's now accepted that that was the truth. Now, has Washington Post or any of these media sources apologized? Has New York Times apologized for calling it a conspiracy theory, for saying it was debunked? No, they continue to call you a liar, a bad person, if you just don't believe the next latest thing that they say. So that's reason number five, we do not trust the experts on COVID-19. Here's number six. I'm going to just call number six, Andrew Cuomo. Back in 2020, the media treated him like a savior. He was the governor of New York and he was constantly going on TV. TV hosts were making comparisons between him and Trump, talking about how Cuomo was so much better at communication and handling COVID than Trump was. Uh, I, even my own mom, I remember her coming over and talking about, well, I, she's like, I don't know anything about that Andrew Cuomo, but he's doing such a great job communicating. He was given the Emmy in early 2021 for doing so great. He wrote a leadership book. Seriously, he got that out quick. He got a leadership book done about how great he did at handling the pandemic. Here's a clip of how they were talking about him when they gave him an Emmy for doing news broadcasts, going on, the, going on TV and talking back in 2020. Last spring when the virus was new and out of control and the people of New York were frightened at its relentless spread, one man took it upon himself to use technology to spread reliable information and tell citizens what to do. Governor Cuomo's daily press conferences were a whole new dimension in public education. He informed, he demanded, and he calmed people down. 
No one who saw it will easily forget it. The mountain, the boyfriend, the COVID test, and the gradually declining numbers. People everywhere saw them. I have a friend who got up every morning in Abu Dhabi and watched the governor's press conference of the day before on YouTube. I have many friends in California who admit that what they know, they know from Governor Cuomo and his explanations. Andrew Cuomo was out of office because of a sexual harassment scandal. He also had his Emmy rescinded. He also lost his book deal. But here's my question for y'all. Conservatives knew that this guy was a fraud back in 2020. Like, at the end of 2020, his state, where he was the governor, New York, it had the highest COVID death rate in the nation. By, like, a lot. <laughs> it was a lot higher there than it was anywhere else. So my question is, why did the media decide to promote the guy in 2020, who, at the, from, from the beginning of the pandemic, had the highest COVID death rate in his state, out of all the states in the country, why were they constantly lifting him up as some magnificent leader? He was trying to hide how bad his numbers were, that he is having COVID patients put in nursing homes. Which, by the way, we, we knew this early on, old people are the most vulnerable to coronavirus. And yet, Andrew Cuomo shipped COVID-positive people right into nursing homes to keep them there when the hospitals were getting too full. He did that so they wouldn't know how bad his numbers were, but he got a lot of old people killed. And we knew all this back in 2020. The media was just ignoring it. Conservative media had followed this all along. Okay? The way that they treated Andrew Cuomo, because he was the anti-Trump. <laughs> you know, he was he was the point of contrast between, uh, as far as Trump goes, that's why they were promoting him so much. The way they treated Andrew Cuomo, who we now know was a fraud, another reason we can't trust the experts. Reason number seven. When the lockdowns carried on longer than the government had originally said that it would, they had said two weeks to slow the spread. Now, like I said, I kind of knew it wasn't going to be just two weeks, but that is what they told us, okay? And some people went out after about four or six weeks of being locked down. I think it was in May people started going out and protesting against the lockdowns. wasn't even really huge groups of people, but you started to see news headlines talking about how unmasked protesters, people who weren't social distancing, we're going out in the street, protesting the lockdowns. Now, this was a mini protest compared to everything we've seen since then. The Guardian put out a headline, U.S. lockdown protests may have spread virus widely, cell phone data suggests. <laughs> like, right? like they, they would put out headlines about how the lockdown protests may spread the virus. The Atlantic put out the headline, the great irony of America's armed anti-lockdown protesters. I'm trying to make them sound scary because they were armed with guns. They say they are demonstrating against tyranny, but they are in fact enjoying an extreme and dangerous sort of liberty. <laughs> it's just funny that to a Democrat, the idea of liberty and demonstrating against tyranny, that's so scary to Democrats. <laughs> so reason seven, eight, nine, they all kind of go together here. So re protests against the lockdown were bad. But reason number eight, Black Lives Matter protests are good. When George Floyd got, when he died due to the, whether it was due to the drugs in his system or the cop who was arresting him and kneeled next to him. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that whole thing again. But that started off another big wave of protests. And the, at the end of May of 2020, the Black Lives Matter movement exploded. Okay. And suddenly it was good to leave your lockdown and come outside 
so you could protest. Mobs of people came out. And the media didn't complain about them like they had just complained about the anti-lockdown protesters a few weeks before. Okay, NPR puts out a story. It said mass protests that have erupted over police brutality toward black people in America are raising concerns about the risk of spreading the coronavirus. But some health experts, even as they urge caution, say they support the demonstrations because racism also poses a dire health threat. Okay, so after spending two months of telling us not to go outside your home, can't go to Walmart, can't go to church, can't go out in public, can't have any special events, can't see other people because there's this deadly virus that's going to kill you. Now they tell you, oh, you better go out and protest racism because <laughs> the racism is also a dire health threat. Yeah, if you're locked up in your home too long, the racism might get you too. So they totally changed their narrative because they wanted people to go out and make a big deal about Black Lives Matter. 1,288 public health professionals wrote a letter. It was called Open Letter Advocating for an Anti-Racist Public Health Response to Demonstration Against Systemic Injustice Occurring During the COVID-19 Pandemic. You can go Google that if you want to read the letter. It was signed by 1,288 public health professionals. They put this out in 2020 saying, White supremacy is a lethal public health issue that predates and contributes to COVID-19. Okay? So they said, nope. You need to leave the lockdown now. It's okay to go outside because we need to protest against racism and white supremacy and all that. CDC um, Director Rochelle Walensky, she declared racism a serious public health threat. And so the CDC, which had been telling us, which, you know, up to this point, you could think, oh, well, the CDC has our best interests in mind. The CDC is trying to help us not die. That's why they're telling us to stay locked down and wear a mask and all this stuff. Nope. Now they say racism is a public health threat and you need to go outside and protest, which as we know, the protests were, <laughs> they were not peaceful protests. That's where the subtitle of my show comes from, right? Fiery, but mostly peaceful. They were, they were fiery. They were fiery. All right. Cities across the country on fire. And this is why we don't trust the experts because they think racism is going to kill you. Um, how many people, we're up to 900,000 deaths now due to COVID-19. How many people has racism killed the past couple of years? This is why we don't trust the experts. It's all political. It's not based in facts or data or reality. It's based on, I guess, whatever the media thinks is going to help the Democrats. That's kind of what it always goes back to, right? Okay, now on to reason number nine. A little bit after, still in 2020, okay, a little bit after they decided to go outside and protest against white supremacy, Trump decided to start holding rallies again. So in like, oh, what was it? June, July of 2020, he decides he's going to have, it might've been August. He decides he's going to have a rally. He had it over at Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's not very far from where I live, actually. Um, I'm going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the BOK Center uh, on Saturday. Skillet's going to be there. So I'm going I'm to be down there. It's a big, the BOK Center is a big convention type of place in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was where Trump decided that he was going to restart his campaign. So I didn't go to there that night. I thought about it, but I decided not to. But anyway, so he restarts his campaign in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and started having rallies at other places after that too. 
And then the media decided, no, it's bad again to go outside. It's bad and selfish if you go outside to a Trump rally or to a Trump campaign event. Joe Biden's the smart one because he campaigns from his basement. But Trump, oh, he's bad. He's getting people killed because of his campaign rallies. Okay, so NBC News, they put out a headline talking about the George Floyd protests. And here's what they said in the headline. Beautiful, peaceful and diverse. Thousands of protesters fled the streets near the White House. And then here's what they were saying right after that, whenever Trump decides to have a rally. Extraordinarily dangerous. Trump rally draws grave concerns from top health officials. <laughs> One type of rally is okay. Another is not. I remember I posted that on Facebook at the time. And I put these words. They think we can't see them. In reality, we see right through them. We know the media is a bunch of liars. The New York Times in October of 2020, they put out this story. It said, are protests dangerous? What experts say may depend on who is protesting what. <laughs> I was like, okay, for once New York Times, you actually got it right. The experts decree that it's dangerous depending on what is being protested. I couldn't have said it better myself. And by the way, experts, that's reason number nine that we don't trust you. Okay, I put in a little music break there because I, I needed a break. And that was a good stopping point, I think, for like the first half of today's program. Let's jump into the second half. I'm up to reason number 10. Reason number 10 that we just cannot trust the experts when it comes to this coronavirus stuff. Um, reason number 10 is that they spent all of 2020 claiming that Trump had just mishandled this thing so bad and that all the deaths are his fault. Okay, it started with the Democrats calling one of the first things he did was suspend traffic, like air traffic, airplanes. Okay. He said, we're not going to have people coming in from other countries during this pandemic for obvious reasons. All right. And the Democrats freaked out. They called it xenophobic and racist. And yet now they have to admit that those policies actually did save lives early on. Now, in retrospect, you know, did they save lives or did they just delay people dying? I mean, you could look at it either way. Um, uh, Joe Biden, though, he did the exact same suspending uh, air travel from several different countries, the same countries that Trump did. He did that whenever the Omicron vi variant uh, came out a few months ago. So the thing that Democrats called Trump racist and xenophobic for said he was acting hysterical about coronavirus. Um, they did those exact same things themselves. And also, whenever the coronavirus thing was first getting started and Trump was starting to raise the alarm that this could become something that actually disrupts American life. Nobody even knew back then how bad it was going to be. But Trump was raising the alarm and and Nancy Pelosi wanted to make a scene and say, oh, this thing is not going to be dangerous like Trump says it is. And she went down to Chinatown in San Francisco. That was her district. She went down there and partied it up in public, like to say, hey, come on down to Chinatown. <laughs> come on down to Chinatown. Uh, you don't have to be afraid of Chinese people. You know, they're trying to make it all a race thing and act like Trump was just this nut job. So, um, right, you know, as Trump was saying, we, we need to start thinking about keeping to ourselves and not social distancing and all that. Nancy Pelosi is down and trying to stir up a big crowd to go shopping. Uh, 
So, every, you know, everything Trump did that was right, the Democrats criticized and ended up doing themselves later on. Uh, people blamed Trump for misinformation. You know, they said he was lying about stuff all the time. That one time he, there was some chemical that Trump had mentioned that might be effective to fight coronavirus. I can't remember what it was. And then a woman went and drank fish cleaner. Um, so, something that she she and her husband drank the fish cleaner from their that they use on their fish tank because it had that same ingredient in the chemicals. And then they blamed Trump and said, oh, it's Trump's fault. He said to drink this chemical, so he poisoned us. And then it turned out later, okay, so they... The media ran with that for a little bit, saying, look at Trump. He caused these people to poison themselves. Okay, these idiots. Then it turned out later, the woman had poisoned her husband on purpose. And then she just drank a little bit of this. The husband died. The woman drank a little bit herself <laughs> to, to make it look like it was just an accident that they were just listening to what Trump said. <laughs> she was actually murdering her husband and trying to blame Trump. That is what Trump derangement syndrome, if you ever want to look back in history and be like, how crazy did Trump make people? It made them crazy enough to poison themselves and try to blame him for it. And the media went right along with it. You know, they wanted to blame Trump for everything. Nancy Pelosi said it was the Trump virus. That's what she called it, the Trump virus. Of course, it's racist if you say it's the Chinese virus. But um, the Democrats never had a problem with being racist against orange people. So they would call it the Trump virus. And then Joe Biden blamed every single death on Trump of the year 2020. This is a quote from Joe Biden. Okay. This is what he said. He said, if the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people. I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. That is what Joe Biden said. He said, all the people who died in 2020 would still be alive if the president had just done his job. And, and Biden finished it off with, I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. They tried to blame Trump for literally every single COVID death. By the way, Joe Biden, you know, he's presided under more deaths than Trump had. Meanwhile, Biden entered office with a vaccine ready to go. Biden entered office with a whole year of data on coronavirus. Trump got us through the first wave and he had less deaths than Biden did in the in the next year. So who, whose deaths are all those on Joe Biden? You know, you said all the deaths in 2020 were on Trump. Well, you had more data and more ways to fight the virus in 2021. So are all those deaths on you? Yeah, I won't hold my breath waiting for the media to ask him about that. <laughs> and then they also, you know, the media's whole attitude with COVID was that if you got COVID, you were just a bad person. Because when Trump got COVID, they were like, oh, that's just his fault, you know, because he didn't take coronavirus seriously. So when Trump got COVID, and that may have played a part in why he lost that election. I'm not saying it was the one thing, but it might it probably could have caused him to lose some votes. He had to miss out on a on a presidential debate um, when he'd already done really bad in the first debate. So, I mean, it probably did have an effect. But the media played it up that if you got COVID, you were a bad person because you weren't taking COVID seriously. You didn't take the right precautions. And they said that for a long time up until a lot of Democrats started getting it, too, like Elizabeth Warren like Cory Booker, lots of Democrats have got COVID, you know, but they used to say, don't forget, they used to say, if you got COVID, this was like, this, this was an, a judgment on you. <laughs> this impugned your character in a moral sense. If you got COVID, just, just go Google, go Google, did everything right, still got COVID. Okay, go Google that. Did everything right, still got COVID. You're going to see page after page after page 
of people just talking about how they did everything right, but they still got caught. Well, let me just read you some um, from CBC. Her family did everything right, but they still caught COVID. From the Herald Review, we did everything right, but our kids still got COVID. From KFOR, he did everything right. Oklahoma State teacher still contracts COVID. From Salon.com, how we got COVID, we did everything right. From Buffalo News, it says Tim O'Shea, we thought we did everything right. My 15-year-old, then it cuts off. I'm, I'm assuming it says got COVID. Okay, <laughs> just go Google it. Now, what did, what did they even mean when they say we did everything right? They say, oh, well, we were the good people who tried to follow precautions and all this stuff. How did we get COVID? I mean, people actually believed, I guess because of how the media framed it, they actually believed that if they were a, if they tried hard enough, they would avoid a virus. Like what? Wearing a mask? <laughs> you know? That was your fault if you believed all that stuff was going to work in the first place. Okay? I did everything right. There's nothing you can do. It's a virus. It's in the air. Okay? You, you have to go to the moon to get away from COVID, and you'd still probably get it there. Okay. Let's move on to another thing. Number 11. Joe Biden claimed that he would shut down the virus. What happened to two months ago when you were talking declaratively about, I am going to shut down the virus? I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus, not the economy. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Once we shut down the virus, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. Well, there you go, people. So Joe Biden got elected president. Has he shut down the virus yet? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, That was what he claimed. By the way, at at the episode of The Office, it's the last episode of season seven. Michael Scott has already left, and they're interviewing a bunch of people for the job. And one of the people they interview is um, Will Arnett. He played Job on Arrested Development. He comes in. He's been in a million things. But anyway, I just think of him as Job. He comes in and and they ask him what he would do to Dunder Mifflin if he was elected. I mean, if he was chosen as the new boss of Dunder Mifflin. And he said he had like a three-step plan to turn the company around, get it, turn it on fire, whatever. And they're like, oh, okay, what's your three-step plan? And he just kept saying... I can't tell you my plan. You have to hire me if you want my plan. And they're like, well, we got to know what your plan is before we decide if we can hire you. So anyway, they don't end up hiring him. But that's just kind of like the joke is that he won't budge on giving away his plan and they won't budge on the fact they won't hire him if he doesn't say what his his three-step plan is. Okay, so Joe Biden, kind of in the similar boat, he was campaigning on this promise that he had all of 2020 that Trump was screwing up coronavirus so bad but Biden said, if you if you elect me, if you make me the president, I'll get it under control. I have a plan. He just kept saying that. I have a plan. I have a plan. That he's going to do something to get coronavirus. Now, listen, if he actually had a plan for fixing the virus, if he actually had a plan, why didn't he share that plan with the American public or with the current president, Donald Trump? If he really loved this country and not just wanted to get elected on a lie, which is obvious now, and it was obvious to those of us back then who were saying, if he really loved this country, why won't he just share the plan? Tell us, how would you shut down the virus, Joe Biden? How would you how would you fix this big problem that we're having right now? 
I think he still would have got elected if he shut down the virus with some great plan. There was no plan. He was just making crap up to get elected, and it worked. And here we are in 2022 now, and we've had more deaths under Joe Biden than we did under Trump. I think I mentioned that a few times. It was all a lie. And um, here's so Joe Biden said he was going to shut down the virus. I just want to mention this too. You can't control the coronavirus. I'm not saying that it's Joe Biden's fault that all these people have died. Now, based on his logic, based on his way he framed the situation, it, all the the deaths can be laid at the feet of the current president, apparently. <laughs> but I, me personally, I don't blame Joe Biden. I don't blame Trump for the deaths under Trump. I blame China most of all, but I don't blame the person who's in charge when there's a wave going on in a city or a or a, a region of the country. I don't blame that person. But this has been evident since the year 2020 that it's not a it's not a leadership problem. Like there's not a failure of leadership whenever you have a big spike of coronavirus in your area. It comes in waves. This is something that was obvious to me ever since 2020, that the cases um, get really high for a little bit and then they die down. And then they'll maybe a few months later, six months later, they get high again for a little bit and then they die down. And it can be due to variants. It can be due to weather changes. It can be due to, you know, various different factors. But as we've seen ever since 2020, you're going to have a spike every now and then in your state, in your city. The cases are going to be hot. Okay, your region becomes a hotbed. And that doesn't last forever. And then it dies back down. So I thought that was obvious from the beginning. The media is just now admitting that. Like the people in my hometown early on, and hey, early on, we didn't have all the facts, but by now people should know. So people complained that, you know, we'd have a spike and they'd say, oh, it's because the people around here are stupid. The people around here don't have sense. The people don't wear masks. This town is so stupid. They won't get vaccinated. You know, they, they have all these reasons, they would say, of why you're having a spike in your area. I'm just like, no, it's it's not that. Yeah, some people wear masks, some don't, but that doesn't have an effect. Okay. States that have had statewide mask mandates the whole time coronavirus was going on in states that have barely had mask mandates, you know what? They're all handling this basically exactly the same. Like they're all having similar rates of death. You know, that now that we're a few years into this, no one's method has been really better than another. The reason you have a spike every now and then, it can be due to various factors, but it just comes in waves. This has been evident all along. So I just mentioned all that because like I'd see people in my hometown and they'd complain about their local area and say, why won't people around here just wear a mask? And, you know, as if that's what's causing the spike. That doesn't cause the spike, guys. Okay, it's a virus. It's in the air. A mask is not going to stop it. All right? Um, even the lockdowns don't seem to stop it. It just comes where it wants to, and it moves through the area, and then it moves away. But here's what you see in the news media. This is how they lie. Because when Texas or Florida has a wave, okay, you see a bunch of headlines about what a terrible job that the Republican governor over there is doing. But when California or New Jersey, when they have a wave, you don't hear about that in the media. Or when New York has a wave, you get a you get an Emmy, you get a book deal. But the media doesn't make a big deal about it when there's a big wave in a in a city or a or a state that's run by a liberal Democrat governor. They're not going to make a big deal about that. But you you if you were to just watch the news, You'd think, oh my gosh, what are they doing down there in Texas and Florida? But you know what? Texas, Florida, all the states, they have basically basically the same level 
of like deaths per 100,000 people. It's all pretty close. Okay, some states are more than others, but it's all it's all relatively the same. States that have had mask mandates, states that didn't, states that had strict vaccine regulations, states that didn't. I mean, it's all basically the same. Okay, there's not a whole. New Jersey has a Democrat governor. They have they are one of the highest in the in the whole country. One of the highest in death rates per 100,000 people. Have you ever heard the media complain about what New Jersey's doing? Now, I'm not saying it's the governor's fault over there. I don't know why it's higher in New Jersey. But they've been one of the but they have been one of the strictest as far as guidelines on how to how to handle coronavirus. And they have a really high rate of death over there compared to other states. I mean, they're all essentially the same, but New Jersey has one of the worst. Where have you ever heard the media complain about New Jersey? Okay, so that number 11 was kind of a big one there is that Biden claimed he would shut down the virus. That's been a lie from the experts, but I'm kind of putting that under an umbrella of it's not really a leadership issue, okay? It's not like there's some leader who just has some idea, some policy that they know how to get the virus under control. Biden claimed he did, but that was a lie. If you had any brains at all, I'm sorry, that's a little harsh, but you should have known that in 2020. If you voted for him under the idea that he had some plan to shut down the virus, <laughs> you should have made him tell you his plan before you voted for him because it was just a whopper. Okay, number 12. Reason number 12 that we cannot trust the experts about coronavirus is about Dr. Anthony Fauci. He has been on every side of every issue in history, not just of this. <laughs> he says one thing one day and the opposite thing the next month. And he's done that with everything. If you go back through his history, he's been in government for decades and he has been the same per person all along, okay? He said in March, 2020, that masks were useless against COVID-19. And he turned on that one pretty quick, didn't he? Like now he even says, you need more than one mask. He says, wear two or wear three masks. In January of 2020, he was against suspending air travel. He, he advised Donald Trump not to suspend air travel. And then later he decided he was for it. All right. USA Today asked Dr. Fauci in February 2020, I went and found this interview. They asked him, how confident are you that the Chinese are doing what needs to be done? This is when coronavirus is still just mostly, it had come to America a little bit, but is mostly in China. And Fauci said, they are doing... They're doing things that have completely broken the paradigm of how you respond. They have been in a draconian way. Okay, this is how he described China at this time that they had locked down. He said they have been in a draconian way shutting down everything. USA Today says that would never happen here, would it? Locking down 50 million people? And he said, no, not a chance. It would never happen. <laughs> so when China locked people down... Anthony Fauci called it draconian, and he said it would never happen here in America. A month later, that's exactly what he was doing. And he said also in that same interview, he said the, the risk of coronavirus getting into America is really low. All right? That was Dr. Fauci in February 2020. Am I saying it's just a terrible sin of character and makes you incredibly stupid to get something wrong? No. But Fauci has always been wrong consistently about everything in his entire life. You just go back through his history. Before the coronavirus pandemic happened and people were talking about, you know, now they just treat him as a saint and people literally make candles to Saint Fauci. That's not a joke. That That's literally been happening. Um, people treat him with a cult-like reverence now. But before 2020, 
There were literally people calling, like you can Google his name. Look at Google how he handled the the AIDS pandemic. Um, what he said was going to be much worse than what it actually was. We'll get to that in a minute. But people were literally calling for him to be killed by firing squad. <laughs> okay, you Google him and look at stuff from before 2020. He was not considered an intelligent guy, but because because pan, the pandemic hit and people were looking for some authority figure that to put all their trust in, and he has this kind of gentle, Mister Rogers like demeanor, they just latched onto everything he said. Anthony Fauci has gotten everything wrong his whole life. Okay, they asked him in that interview in, in February 2020. They asked him if the virus started in a wet market in Wuhan, China, and he said almost certainly somewhere, somehow, a bat infected an intermediate host who infected a human. Okay, he said absolutely, he's absolutely certain it was from a bat. We're gonna have some more on that later. All right. And others things he'd gotten wrong. He said the COVID fatality would be 3.6%. That turned out to be a lie or wrong. Totally wrong. I'm, either he's lying or just dumb. The fatality rate for COVID was nowhere near that. Fauci said lockdowns would work. That was wrong. Fauci said masks don't work. All right. And that might be true. But he, he lied to manipulate us after that. Fauci said that if we get to 60% vaccination, we will have herd immunity, okay? That is what he said, that if we could get the 60%, that's all we needed to get, if 60% of America could get vaccinated, we would reach the fabled herd immunity, okay? We're past 60%, guys. You remember when they used to talk about herd immunity? They don't talk about that anymore, do they? He's answered for that. He said, yeah, I was lying about 60% herd immunity because I didn't think Americans were ready for the truth. Okay, this man lies. He lies all the time or he just, he might always, I think he lies about the lying. I think he just gets stuff wrong. And then when he gets called out on it, he's like, oh, I was lying before. I think that's actually easier for him to admit than to say that he was just wrong. I, I think he would rather say he was lying <laughs> than, than admit how stupid he is. In 1983, Fauci said that AIDS could be spread from simple physical contact. That if one of your kids has AIDS and they play with a toy and then another kid comes along and plays with that same toy, they could get AIDS from it. Okay, he said that in 1983. Then in 1984, he's like, oh, you can't spread AIDS from physical contact. Okay, that is, Anthony Fauci has been wrong about everything his entire career. He's also the highest paid member of our government. He makes more per year than the president makes from the government. Isn't that wild? Now, has, has Fauci been right on some stuff? I'm sure he has, because when you take every possible position on everything in history, eventually, yeah, you're going to be right sometimes. Statistically, you're going to be right. But he's a terrible standard by which misinformation is judged. He's Because he's constantly changing his story. He's a clown. And he's probably the number one reason that experts have no credibility today. Because he's seen as the chief expert on COVID-19, and he's got so much stuff wrong over the past two years. And that's not even totally his fault. It's also the insane media reaction to him that they they treat him as this godlike figure when he's constantly saying stupid crap and, and just never being called out on it. The single most respected voice in the pandemic, it's Dr. Anthony Fauci. The man who's become known as America's doctor. The nation's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. You are uh, seen to many as a, a superhero. Dr. Anthony Fauci. 
American hero and New York Yankee fan. You've done so much for this country in terms of this crisis, so I really appreciate your insight. Who better to give us answers that we can trust than Dr. Anthony Fauci? Perfect person to answer our questions today. Joining us now, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, appreciate your candor. Dr. Fauci, appreciate the candor. We appreciate your service to this country. We appreciate your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Greatly appreciate your service to America. Thank you for your 37 years of service, I believe, to seven presidents, and thank you for your work over the past year. The great news is you're sticking around in the Biden administration. We are so grateful to you, Dr. Fauci. It's not just the fact that he's a moron. It's this insane media reaction to him that makes him uh, th- that makes this reason number 12 of why no one trusts the experts anymore. Okay, reason number 13 for you. None of the politicians during this pandemic have followed their own rules. All right, so this is a little bit more on the politician side, but we're talking about that today. They consider themselves the experts on how to get this thing under control. None of them have followed their own rules throughout this pandemic of what to do to get it under control. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo He told his citizens to skip Thanksgiving. I think this was back in 2020. He said, don't travel, don't have big family get-togethers. But then he was caught flying his mother and his daughters in for Thanksgiving on a plane after telling his people not to do it. California governor, Gavin Newsom, he shut down the restaurants in his state. And then he went upstate and dined at a fancy party at a restaurant with several healthcare workers without a mask. Without a mask after he had shut down the restaurants in his own state. The next night... San Francisco mayor, London Reed, she had banned restaurants in San Francisco, but she dined at the same restaurant that Gavin Newsom did. Austin mayor, Steve, you know, she's like, hey, it's too dangerous to go to a restaurant right now. So I'm shutting the ones down in my own in my own city. And then she went to another city to eat out. Austin mayor, Steve Adler, he said, we need to stay home if you can. This is not the time to relax. We're going to be looking really closely. We may have to close things down if we're not careful. OK, mayor of Austin posted that. He recorded that video and posted it to Facebook. He did so while on vacation in Mexico. (laughs) He was on vacation in Mexico, sending a message back to his people in Austin. Hey, stay home if you can. This isn't the time to relax. (laughs) And he's doing that from vacation in Mexico. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock, he said around Thanksgiving, he said, pass the potatoes, not COVID. Avoid travel. Hancock, he wrote that at while he was sitting at an airport on his way to a family get-together in Mississippi. He posted that on Facebook. Pass the potatoes, not COVID, avoid travel. As he's sitting at an airport, moments before he boarded the plane, he also told his followers, avoid travel if you can, stay home as much as you can, and host virtual gatherings instead of in-person dinners. He said that on his way to the airport, or at the airport to head to Thanksgiving dinner. L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. She banned indoor eating in Los Angeles. Hours later, she was eating indoors at a restaurant in another city. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. She traveled to Delaware for Joe Biden's victory party after he won for president. Delaware's rules are that you, um, the, the rules in Delaware, you are not allowed to visit the state. And if you do, you have to quarantine for 14 days. But she is the Washington, D.C. mayor, guys. She's one of the specials. So, she, nope, she wanted to go to Joe, Bar- Joe Biden's party, and that's exactly what she did. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo, he tweeted that everyone should stay home for Thanksgiving. His rule, he said no more than three households per Thanksgiving dinner. And then he immediately attended dinner with five households. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney banned restaurants in Philadelphia, and then he just drove to the next state to eat at a restaurant over there. Rhode Island Governor Gia Raimondo 
banned going out in public without a face mask. And then she went to a wine testing event without a face mask. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She shut down all the hair salons in Chicago. And then she went to a hair salon and she had it opened up just for her. And when she was caught doing that, she made a statement. She said, I'm the public face of this city. <laughs> I'm on national media and I'm out in the public eye. So she didn't apologize. She said, I, I needed my hair done because I'm, I'm the face of this city. I, you know, I would apologize to Chicago for having such a scary face be the face of your city. <laughs> but on the other hand, Chicago kind of deserves it. Nancy Pelosi did the same thing. Well, she's in San Francisco. But she had shut, she had advocated shutting down. She didn't have jurisdiction. She's the representative. But anyway, she'd advocated shutting everything down. And then she went to a hair salon in her town of San Francisco during the lockdowns. And she did not apologize either. She did, but this is how she said. She said it was a setup. She said it was a setup. <laughs> she called and made the appointment. She went there. She got videoed or whatever. And then she says it was a setup that she was caught going to a hair salon. And she said it was a setup and I take responsibility for falling for a setup. <laughs> she said, I think that this salon owes me an apology for setting me up. That's not an apology, guys, by the way. Um, now, hey, I just went through a bunch of, I just went through a bunch of names and you're like, where'd you get that list of names? Well, that, by the way, all those were just as of like December, 2020 or January, 2021. At that point, I had, I had been compiling a list up to that point. Um, because I, in a Sunday school class I was teaching around that time, I was using an example of why you need to practice what you preach. Uh, I was just using that as an example. And I said, Hey, look at all these politicians who say one thing and then they do another. And I said, see, that that makes people not take you seriously because you're not leading by example. So they don't they don't believe that you have integrity behind your words. They don't believe that you really mean what you say. I was using that as kind of a spiritual lesson in a Sunday school class. But so anyway, up to that point, I'd actually compiled, that was just in like 2020. I think I taught it in January of 2021. That's why there were a lot of Thanksgiving um, things mixed in there because a lot of it happened around Thanksgiving time. I could have done more if I had kept, like, it happens all the time. Gavin Newsom, again, he just survived a recall election. He was in hot water in his state of California because he had handled COVID really bad over there. He had shut down all the schools in California, all the public schools, and yet he kept his own kids enrolled in private school and attending private school. See, he, had, he cared about his own kids' education, but he didn't care about yours. So, he got spotted like a week or two ago. He was taking a picture with Magic Johnson. Uh, at, they were at a basketball game and Newsom took a photo with him, proudly posted it. People called him out on it. They said, hey, wait a minute. You tell us to wear masks all the time, but you weren't making, you weren't wearing a mask in that photo. And Gavin Newsom, he said, oh, don't worry. I had the mask in my hand. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that was his excuse. Because apparently viruses spread through the hand. <laughs> I was doing it wrong this whole time, guys. I was putting the mask on my face. But apparently you're supposed to put it in your hand. That's what stops the virus. And at the same game, Los Angeles mayor, uh, what's his, his last name's Garcetti. I can't remember his first name. Um, but the same thing happened with him. He took a photo with Magic Johnson without a mask on. People called him on it. And he said, oh, don't worry. I held my breath <laughs> during the photo. <laughs> Oh, these guys are clowns. Guys, these leaders were caught not doing 
what they said for others to do. And when they were caught, did they take responsibility? No, they blamed other people for their flaws. They didn't take responsibility, they made excuses, okay? If they really believed their own rules are important, why didn't they follow them? There you go again. That's why we don't trust the experts. That's reason number 13. All right. I don't know how much longer my voice can hold out, guys. Let's go on to number 14, vaccines. Um, they changed the definition of vaccines and immunity during this COVID pandemic. So the old definition of vaccinated um, it said when you were vaccinated that vaccines provided immunity, keyword there, immunity from sickness and disease. Now they have changed the definition. Now they say when you get vaccinated, it gives you resistance. This is why you need a paper dictionary or like a hardcover dictionary, okay? Don't be going with the online stuff because they're changing definitions of words pretty frequently now. Now they say it stimulates your immune response, but they don't call it immunity anymore. Why did they change the definition for immunity? Well, it's because this new vaccine for coronavirus pandemic, it doesn't make you immune in the sense of how we've always understood it before. Uh, it, it doesn't make you immune. By the old definition, it's not a vaccine. But instead of admitting it's not a vaccine, they just changed the definition of vaccine. So the, the, the con and number 14 here, when I say they changed the definitions of vaccines and immunity, what that's also kind of what I'm encompassing under this point is that the vaccine has not done what they said it would originally. OK, so back in May of 2021, I have a headline here. I'm not sure where the hill it's from the hill. And Fauci is saying vaccinated people become dead ends for coronavirus. Back then, they were claiming that when you get vaccinated from Corona from COVID-19 um, with their vaccination, you are dead end for the coronavirus. Once it hits you, it can't pass on to someone else. That's not true. It was it was wrong. Either they were lying or it was just simply incorrect. So the vaccine does not do what they said it would. Pfizer. Um, here's one way to spot fake news, guys. Okay. Anytime CNN or, or any of them, anytime they run a headline, this is what the Pfizer CEO says. And it's always something about how we need to expand the the booster shots we need to get more booster shots or we need to expand that children under five can get shots or we need to add another shot on we need a fourth one now okay anytime you see a headline like that and the source of this news is the pfizer ceo you can disregard it because he is the worst person to be giving advice on whether or not you need another visor shot <laughs> he's trying to sell a product and the media is just doing it for him. They're just helping him sell his product everywhere, okay? It's like going to the CEO of Walmart and asking if you should buy more stuff at Walmart. Of course he's going to say yes. And if you go, or she, I don't know who the CEO of Walmart is. And if you talk to the Pfizer CEO and he tells you, yeah, you need to get another shot at this vaccine. Well, duh, because his company is going to make money. He's going to profit off of this every time you have to go get another shot. <laughs> so... But the media just goes to him as if he's the wise source of vaccination information. Oh, my goodness. OK, that's just one way to spot fake news. But listen, this is what Pfizer was saying on January 26th of 2021. So a little bit over a year ago, they tweeted out 
Um, the COVID-19 vaccine has not been approved or licensed by the FDA, but it has been authorized for emergency use to prevent COVID-19 and individuals 16 and older. Okay. That is what they told us about the vaccine when it first came out, that it would prevent COVID-19, that would make you a dead end for the virus, that it would make you immune. And we know today that all of that stuff is not true. The vaccines do not do what they said they would. Am I saying you shouldn't go get a vaccine? I am not a medical expert. Don't take medical advice from a podcast or a pastor. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm telling you, they just lied. They're, they lied about what it was supposed to do. Listen to this report from Rachel Maddow. I think I played this a few episodes ago, but I'm just going to play it again here. It's only like a minute long. Everything she says in this report, everything you hear for the next 45 seconds or so is wrong. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. So point number 14 here is that they've changed what it means to be vaccinated. Okay, <laughs> basically what they said this thing would do at the start it has not lived up to the hype. And they didn't just try to change the definition of vaccinated. Throughout this thing, they've ignored natural immunity. You know, if you get COVID, so now you're immune to it the old-fashioned way, now you have the antibodies, why doesn't that count? Why doesn't it count to be immune the old-fashioned way with just, like, getting natural immunity from something? Um, Fox 8 News, they reported, and lots of places reported, Back in October, October 30th of 2021, they reported a new study from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, aka the CDC, suggests that vaccines offer much stronger immunity to COVID-19 than natural immunity. All right. So just a few months ago, they were saying, you know, you know, they were trying to say natural immunity doesn't really help you as much as the vaccine does. You still need to get vaccinated. Here's what they reported on January 22nd of 2022, last month. They report, natural immunity was more effective than vaccines against Delta variant, CDC study shows. <laughs> natural immunity was more effective than vaccines against the Delta variant. All right. The thing that they were discounting just a few months before, and here they are shifting again. That is why we do not trust the experts on COVID-19. They keep changing definitions. They won't acknowledge natural immunity. That's reason 14. Let's talk about reason 15 today. Vaccine side effects. It's been known since the beginning. It's been obvious to people paying attention, I should say. There are various side effects to the vaccine. Okay. And this was thrown away early on as a conspiracy theory by the media. That it was trying to is trying to create vaccine hesitancy. That it was a, it was a conspiracy theory that was trying to make people not get the vaccine. But this information was all over the place. Anecdotally. Right? Anecdotally. But that's... We had to go by anecdotal evidence because the media wouldn't talk about it. So early on, women were saying, 
um, to speak of a little sensitive issue here, but women are saying that their periods were being delayed after they got vaccinated and the media tried to make them feel like, no, this is craziness. It's all in your head. This is normal. It has nothing to do with the vaccine. Listen to this clip. This is from Good Morning America. And then I have one from NBC. We're going to turn now to our Dr. Jen Ashton, who has some answers to some of your more pressing medical questions. Mm -hmm. We'll start with the first one, Dr. Jen. Is there a relationship between the vaccines mm -hmm. and menstrual cycles? We've definitely talked oh, about this. Oh, we sure have, you guys. And this is really spreading like wildfire on social media with zero scientific or medical basis for this. Remember, in medicine, every time we talk about a study, a finding, what is the first thing we say? Big difference between association and causation. So yes, women can get the vaccine and then experience changes in their menstrual cycle. That does not mean that one causes the other. And in fact, if you look at the biology of how these vaccines work, there is zero hormonal interaction. So please, let's put that to rest. Yes, this got a lot of attention because a school actually in Florida was telling teachers yeah. that they used cited this as mm -hmm. a reason for not being vaccinated. Defies science. So. Well, that time of the month can be really difficult for millions of women. And now some are saying the COVID vaccine is messing with their cycles. Is there any relationship between the two? Steve Bunin verifies. With Verify, we separate myth from reality, what people think versus what science has proven. And that's why we consulted with Dr. Laura Shaheen, an endocrinologist and fertility specialist and an associate professor at the University of Washington to answer the question, does the COVID vaccine affect women's menstrual cycles? I have heard this. I have read the social media posts. I have had some patients that have asked me Pieces in the New York Times and Chicago Tribune have helped fuel the fire online, but as the doctor in the Times op-ed states very clearly, there is no data linking the vaccines to changes in menstruation. So that was coming out in like, that was April of 2021, okay? Now, New York Times reported just a few weeks ago, women's periods may be late after coronavirus vaccination, study suggests. Okay, the, the thing they were trying to make you feel that you were crazy about for saying before, now they're just reporting it in headline news right there in the New York Times. All right. So this is another reason we can't trust them because they act like, oh, you're just nuts. This is just a wild thing people are saying if they think they're, well, women, if, if women think their periods are being delayed. Here's another side effect that's been very common, led to heart problems in a lot of people is, is a lot of people are reporting uh, myocarditis after receiving a vaccination. It's a heart issue. And this was also said to be a conspiracy theory, but now it's acknowledged as true. Some countries, it's more common the younger you are if you get the vaccination, that you could contract, that you could start to have this heart issue. And some countries, if you're too young, like under 30, if you're a teenager, they won't even let you get vaccinated in some countries because it's causing so many problems among the younger generations. And if you kind of watched in the news um, all year long last year, we were seeing constant stories about athletes collapsing. Athletes at football, soccer games. Um, you mainly soccer because that's so popular in other parts of the world. And we're just seeing videos all the time. Sometimes more than one per game. They just collapse with heart issues. Sometimes they've died. And I saw someone a few days ago trying to disprove this on Twitter by tweeting out statistics that, oh, hey, athletes have always been known to have heart problems and collapse. You know, the only reason that... We, we think it has to do with the vaccine is because the media is just now 
shining a spotlight on it, you know, but they are blaming the media <laughs> saying that, you know, it's just now that they're shining a spotlight on it, but this has always been an issue. It's a common thing. Well, then they link to these statistics and I looked at them. I'm like, am I reading something different from what you're reading? Because according to the statistics that they posted, like the number of athletes who collapsed last year on the field was about 600. That was the same number as like the previous four years combined. Okay. And we had that same number, like like four years worth of collapses all just last year. So I'm thinking, what's the sudden uptick there? It didn't have stats. It didn't have stats for 2020 um, for obvious reasons, I guess. So I'm going with the the years before that, but the study this person put out to, to disprove the conspiracy theory that athletes are collapsing with heart issues to me, their stats only confirmed it for me. <laughs> Here's one more thing. I told this story before also, but um, blood clots. There's been a lot of people talking about getting blood clots as a side effect from the vaccine. One person that I know of, uh, he got vaccinated. He got two shots and he started having a blood clot issue. So the doctor put him on blood thinners and that has been helping him. But he went back to his doctor. He's like, hey, how long do I need to be on the blood thinners? Because, you know, you don't want to be on blood thinners. You don't want to be on blood thinners forever. You know, you want to get off of them because whenever you're on blood thinners, uh, it can make, you know, it, it makes it harder for your blood to clot. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what helps with the blood clots. But like if you get a cut, then it takes longer for it to stop bleeding. If you get in some kind of like a minor car accident, but you get a gash, you can die because your blood won't stop flowing. So it, it can be dangerous. Even just like a minor injury could be more deadly. So he says to his doctor, when can I get off the blood thinners? And the doctor says, oh, you'll have to be on them the rest of your life. He's going to have to be on blood thinners the rest of his life because he got the COVID vaccination. <laughs> I hope he can get off of them someday, but my goodness. Like, don't you, don't you think more people would want to know that before they got the vaccine? Not saying you shouldn't get the vaccine. Not saying that this is what is likely to happen to you. But I think there's an there's a chance that they're not telling you about that. They say, Oh, you're crazy. If you blame this on the vaccine, you're a conspiracy theorist. Okay. Let's number 15. They're not honest about the vaccine side effects. Here's reason number 16 for you today. Another one about changed definitions. I'll keep this short. Cause we've covered this on the show before, but they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Okay. So I just think it's relevant again to mention it here. Uh, Merriam Webster changed their definition of, Anti-vaxxer, it, historically it meant someone who does not want to get any vaccinations, okay? So they've, they uh, have done research on it, and they just are against vaccinations as a general rule, okay? There's people who are like that, and as far as I'm concerned, their choice, you know, their body, their families, their children, they can do what they want. Um, I, I don't think the government should force us to get shots and all that. So that's my that's my opinion on it. I would not be an anti-vaxxer in the traditional sense. But Merriam-Webster has changed it, okay? So there's a lot of people who are not against vaccines in general, but they are more wary of the COVID-19 vaccine. They say, I just want more information on it, or I think it might have been rushed. I don't want to get it right now, maybe later, or I don't want to get it, period. They're not against vaccines as a general rule, just against this certain one for a variety of reasons. Uh, they are now being called anti-vaxxers too. But that's not what the, even the definition changed from. Merriam-Webster has also changed it that you're an anti-vaxxer if you're not just against vaccines. 
but also if you're against vaccine mandates. If you oppose mandates, now that's not even a medical issue. That's more of a personal freedom issue. It's a political issue. It's a legal issue. But if you oppose, now you can be totally 100% in favor of vaccines, in favor of the COVID-19 vaccine, to have it, to encourage other people to get it. But if you're against the government mandating it, that makes you an anti-vaxxer under the new definition. Did you know that? And the media, ever since they changed it back in like October, November, they changed it. And the media is run with that new definition. They constantly call people anti-vaxxer now, people who've had the shot, people who encourage others to get it. But if you're against the mandate, there's now this new definition. It's like 1984, guys, <laughs> for real. New definition that now you are an anti-vaxxer too. So they've made the anti-vaxxer pool a lot bigger, um, made it a lot more powerful. Okay. So that's another reason we can't trust them. They've changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Here's reason number 17 for you today. They demand masks for the serving class, but not for the elites in society, okay? The, this is something that really bothers me. I was out at a restaurant just this week. I hate it whenever I go to a restaurant and like the server comes along wearing a mask and I'm not. And he's like refilling my drink and, you know, being a nice, polite server, doing what they're supposed to do. I hate the fact that like their rules make them wear a mask, but I don't have to wear one. I just think that's bogus. The elites in society, though, they love this. It's creepy. It's sick to me. Um, they make everyone else around them wear rules, but they will not. I mean, where the, they make everyone around them follow the rules, but they will not do it themselves. No rules for them. Obama had his birthday party in the fall last year flaunted all the rules as in he and all his rich friends who he invited to the party none of them were wearing masks some photos leaked from it but all the celebrities all the politicians there uh, they didn't have to wear masks but all the servers in the background were why is that well that's a question for obama <laughs> uh, you know there's that party last year where alexandra ocasio-cortez she wore that ridiculous dress that said tax the rich on the back and she took a bunch of photos and how glamorous she was and all that. But you know what? In all those photos, she's like, I'm a, I'm a, she's like, I'm a politician for the people. I'm here for you. I'm here for the lower class. She wanted a bunch of photos with them. But you know what's interesting in those photos? They all have to wear masks, but she doesn't. Why does she not have to wear masks for the photos? Kind of interesting, right? Uh, Nancy Pelosi, she enforced a mask mandate in the House of Representatives because she can do that there. But then she goes to a White House event and she pulls the mask off. I guess this virus, guys, it only happens in um, the House of Representatives. But the White House, it's like it's immune to the, the virus over there, I guess. So she can pull the mask off when she's there. It only passes at the House of Representatives. Stacey Abrams this past week. She's running for governor again down in Georgia. Can't wait to see her lose again. And Stacey Abrams had this. She went to a school, did this little publicity stunt where she wanted to pose with a bunch of kids, a bunch of school kids, and she's the only one in the picture not wearing a mask. All the other kids in the classroom, she went to read them a book about herself, <laughs> for real. And all the kids in the photo, they all had to wear masks, but she did not. She didn't have to for her publicity photo. I hope they keep showing that photo every week until the election. President Obama, former President Obama, um, just again this week, He's out. He's working on a mansion in Hawaii. All right. And all the construction workers, there's a photo of him gathering with the construction workers, telling them what he wants the mansion to look like. And they all have to wear masks. 
but he's there without one. So guys, this is just this has been a recurring theme with the mask thing. Ever since they made this mask silly rule, they don't feel like they themselves have to follow it. The the elite people. But they want your kids wearing one in school. They want their server wearing one at the restaurant. But they will not follow this rule for themselves. It's creepy. I don't like it. I want I want them to unmask our workers. I will say this though, I do hope Nancy Pelosi continues to wear a mask after all this. Because when half of her face is covered, I think she looks about 50% better. All right. Uh, Number 18, lying about hospitalizations. Reason number 18 of 19. We're almost through it. Reasons that we do not trust the experts when they tell us stuff about COVID-19. Well, they lie about stuff like hospitalizations. All right. And I've kind of covered this in shows before, too. Um, I'm just trying to be comprehensive today and recapping some of this stuff. So uh, here's a recent headline I saw from NBC News. And I know they're a left-wing biased organization, but that doesn't excuse outright lying. Here's the headline from NBC News. Child COVID hospitalizations are up, especially in five states. Children have been hospitalized at nearly twice the rate of adults in the past four weeks, an NBC News data analyst shows. Um, then you actually read the article. If you go beyond the headline and just read the actual article, here's what it says. The hospital has seen a lot of kids test positive for COVID, without necessarily showing symptoms or getting sick. He says, we test anybody who's admitted to the hospital for whatever reason to see whether or not they have COVID. And we're definitely seeing an increase in cases. However, we're not really seeing an increase in children who are hospitalized for COVID or in the intensive care unit for COVID. So here's a direct quote from the article. We're not really seeing an increase in children who are hospitalized for COVID. Let me remind you what the headline said. To child COVID hospitalizations are up, especially in five states. That's what the headline said. You actually read the article. This guy they interviewed at the hospital says, we're not really seeing an increase in children who are hospitalized for COVID. (laughs) It's just outright lying day after day after day, trying to scare you. Because if they can scare you, they can control you. I could go on and on about this. They've lied about the child COVID hospitalization rate for forever. But you know what? Save yourself some time. Just go look up the death rate for children who are like under 18. It's extremely low. All the fear-mongering they put out about kids with COVID-19, all you know, the 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 bogus statistics that they use to try to enforce masking kids in public school, uh, it's all a load of crap. Just go look up the, st- the stats yourself. Don't even believe me. Just go look up the stats yourself. It is complete bogus that they're putting this on our kids. For no good reason. Okay, let's go on to number 19. Lying about COVID death rates. This kind of goes with before, but it's just talking about in general, when they lie about how many people have died of COVID. Like it was reported this week, 900,000 people in America have now died of COVID. But you know what, guys? I just don't believe that for a second. Now, I know people who've died of COVID. I'm not saying it's not a real virus. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a weirdo about it. I'm just saying when they say 900,000 people, that is a meaningless statistic to me. Because they have been lying about how they counted the deaths from the beginning. They've been caught all along pretending that people died of COVID when they didn't. Um, If you are in the hospital and you die for any reason, and it turns out that you had COVID in in your system, you could be counted as a COVID death. This has happened all along regardless of the actual reason that you died. 
The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. Here's a story from July of 2020. Man who died in, in motorcycle crash counted as COVID-19 death in Florida. In Cortex, Colorado, a man drank himself to death. He was found dead in the park. Reason for death? Alcohol poisoning. Also, there was COVID in his system. He had been counted a COVID-19 death. And then somebody caught it and blew the whistle on him that they were inflating the death numbers by call, counting people as a death um, of COVID-19 when that, when that was just something in their system, but it didn't contribute to why they died. Uh, here's the story from KMOV. The Grand County, Colorado coroner is calling attention to the way the state health department is classifying some deaths. The coroner, Brenda Buck, says two of their five deaths related to COVID-19 were people who died of gunshot wounds. She said these two people had tested positive for COVID, but that's not what killed them. <laughs> the gunshot wound killed them. I realize, yes, you're trying to keep count of the numbers, but you need to do it right. And these people did not die of COVID. They died of gunshot wounds, and that's how it needs to be listed. All right. So she she's one of those people that blew the whistle over there um, at Grand County, Colorado. So listen, um, they have been lying all along. And when I hear 900,000 today, I know that's not accurate. Okay. I know it's probably not that high. I don't know how high it is. I'm sure it's still hundreds of thousands, but I'm just saying it, they, li they have lied all along. So these statistics, they roll out to try to make stuff sound so bad. I just don't believe it anymore. Because for every one of these that caught, I, can, I bet there's dozens that aren't caught. Okay. When you see a headline complaining about how America has handled COVID compared to other countries, you see this sometimes by people who want to always run down America and just talk about how terrible we are, how we don't listen to science. We're full of stupid rubes who are, you know, the stupid Trump supporters who won't listen to um, what Anthony Fauci says. And, they, and they'll compare America's numbers to other countries. Here's a pertinent question that you always need to ask with that, though. Here's how you analyze statistics. Yes, some statistics might say that our reported death rate of COVID-19 is higher than others, but are all countries counting deaths the same way? Are they counting all deaths with COVID and not simply deaths from COVID? Every country is going to have its own standard by which it judges whether something is a COVID death. Are other countries, including the drunk drivers who crashed their car into a tree, and then they find out that that drunk driver was COVID positive, so they call it a COVID death. That's what they've done in America. But if other countries aren't doing that, and I would bet they aren't, then guess what? Any comparison between the two countries is meaningless. To this day, China reports that they've had less than 5,000 deaths from COVID, okay? And that most, most of those were in 2020. <laughs> they claimed there were almost no COVID deaths in China in 2021. Now, do you seriously believe that? They, they have the country with the most people on planet Earth, right? So why do they compare America's death rate with China's death rate when China is obviously lying? I wouldn't be surprised if they have the highest death rate. We just don't know. So all I'm saying is we can't trust the experts because they trust stupid statistics that they don't even ask basic questions about. But there's a lot of people in the media and government, people you know, that really just have kind of an anti-American. They just don't like this country. Maybe they don't like our constitution. They want to see our country burn. And they will trot out all kinds of claims about this country like, oh, wow, we have the, the highest death rate per 100,000 in the world. 
or the fifth worst in the world is when I see a claim I see a lot. But every country counts its deaths differently. So you can't compare those two things. You can also just based on the fact that we are a massive um, we're country that take up a large chunk of a continent that has constant planes flying in and out, supply chains connected all over the world. Why compare us to a place like Australia or New Zealand, places that are an island that have a lot more control over who comes and goes? Why do we compare with all them? It's not it's not statistically a relevant comparison. So when you see people who work with statistics and they're making all these claims, they probably have some other agenda behind it. It's not the facts and it's not the truth. Okay, I'm going to close with this clip from... Here's how we're going to cap this off. This is CNN medical analyst, Dr. Leanna Wynn. Listen to what she says here. Do you agree with the move? I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions. But when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also, the science has changed. We know that vaccines protect very well against Omicron, which is the dominant variant. Everyone five and older have widespread access to vaccines. And we also know about one way masking, the idea that even if other people are around, you are not wearing masks if you wear a high quality mask that also protects you the wearer too she says we need to change our rules on masks and all this stuff because the science has changed well i've got news for you dr win um science doesn't change facts don't change do you want to know why they're saying this now because the politics have changed because now they're looking at the polling for the 2022 midterms and democrats are concerned that they've had control of the government for over a year, and they have not gotten coronavirus under control like they said they could. Joe Biden looks like a fool. Lots of the politicians who blame Trump for all the stuff that he was doing right, now they look foolish, and they know they're about to get kicked out of power at the end of this year. So to try to offset that as much as they can, they are changing, they're changing their coronavirus restrictions. It's not about health. It's not about facts and data. It never has been. It's about politics, okay? Their rules, if you pay attention, their rules have never made sense. They've never made common sense. Right now, I'm looking at a picture. I can't show you, obviously, because this is an audio-only podcast. But I'm looking at a picture right now of the U.S. Army Band. Uh, they put out a video <laughs> this week <laughs> of playing the theme song from the show The Mandalorian. Okay, and, and here's what I'm observing in this picture. You see people in their military uniforms, and they're all wearing masks, and they've cut little slits in their masks so that they can play their instruments through the mask <laughs> because that's that's health right that's that's public health right <laughs> that's based on facts and data that oh yeah you're playing an instrument blowing out air with your mouth towards a crowd as long as you're wearing your mask though you should be fine <laughs> you cut a hole in your mask and everything's going to be okay guys these rules make no sense it's been pointless crap all along and they call it the settled science. But I just gave you 19 reasons why we don't believe it. Okay? If you wore a cloth if you wore a cloth mask and you said, I have to do this, it's settled science. It's settled science that masks work. You're lying because you were lied to. There has never been a scientific study that showed that cloth masks work. Because cloth masks don't work. They admit this now. The CDC admits this now, but this was obvious to anyone who was thinking about it all along. If cloth masks worked, 
Don't you think doctors would have just been using them for years? Like, obviously, they've been wearing masks for their whole careers. And don't you think they ever realized, oh, maybe if it was cloth, it'd be more comfortable. It'd be more fashionable. You know, it's always been obvious cloth masks didn't work because otherwise doctors would have been using them all this time. Okay? That's always been obvious. But you know what? You slap one on, it's, it lets you get on an airplane. It gets the government off your back. Whenever you go places, you can still be the server in the restaurant with a cloth mask. If it were a real rule about something that actually worked, they wouldn't have let you wear cloth masks. They would have enforced N95s. But they knew the general public was just not going to go along with that. People want to be individualistic. They want to decorate their mask. They want to sew their own mask. They want to buy one with a funny slogan on it or a logo. They, they, they knew they were not going to get everybody to go wear N95s. So they didn't enforce that. They said, fine, wear a cloth mask. There was never any science behind it. It was just a way of exerting control. So when you see a study and the study would say, look at this study. It shows that masks work. It's settled science. They never perform those studies the way that people who, the way that people actually wear masks. Okay. Here's how people have been wearing masks throughout this pandemic. They wear the same one for weeks or for months. You know, they put it. You put it in your pocket, you pull it back out when you go into a store, like people are fidget with them all the time, constantly touching them. That's not how you wear a mask responsibly. But the government's never cared about that. So they do these tests where people are wearing the masks responsibly, like N95s, doing it the right way where you don't touch it any more than you have to. You don't adjust it and play with it all the time. You don't use the same one for weeks. Okay, that's how you're supposed to use a mask. They would do studies using a mask properly, but they wouldn't do a study based on how people actually wear masks, where they keep the same one for days and they stick them in their pocket and all this kind of stuff and fold them up. Um, that makes the mask essentially useless, guys. And the studies were not going to show that because they didn't do studies based on that way. I was having lunch with someone this week and he was telling me his wife is a nurse and his wife, he said his wife was taught that you use a new mask constantly throughout the day. Like you go to a room or a few rooms and then you throw that mask away and you get a brand new one. You don't wear the same mask all day long. You don't stick it in your car and wear the same one for weeks. But is that what the government told us with masking against COVID? No. It was all unscientific. It was all pointless. So if anyone ever says, why don't you just trust the science? Why don't you just comply? Why don't you trust the experts? What I'd like you to do is point them to this show right here. Okay, I'm almost done. Before I close down later, I do want to mention this here. If you'd like to get in touch with us at Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, you can send us an email to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. If you see some fake news, send it our way. And whoever gets it to us first will get credit for it. And also, if you want to stay in touch throughout the week, follow us on Twitter at Fake News Weekly. And if you like Bible studies or if you just really dig the sound of my voice, and if you're still listening to this after almost two hours now, you must really dig the sound of my voice. So make sure you check out our other podcast. It's called Cross References. It has nothing to do with news. Actually, this time it did. So my most previous episode on Cross References, I talk about socialism versus the Bible. And uh, if you like... Uh, if you're a Christian, if you like learning what the Bible says about stuff, if you like politics, which I assume you do if you're listening to this, um, I would go check out that podcast. I did a, two episodes about whether socialism is a biblical idea. So go check that out. Um, wherever you get this podcast, you can also find my other one. 
Uh, it's called Cross References. It's on Apple, Spotify, all those places. All right. Want to find out what's racist for this week? Everything is racist. Well, I hate to say it, guys, but eating meat is racist. Sorry, everybody. Eating meat. If you're a meat eater, you are also a white supremacist. Listen to this. This is from Oxford University. I believe we should move beyond all meat. The assumption that the best protein comes from corpses is a racist belief. How do you know the animal would have picked you to feed off their corpse? 21st century animal eating requires our complicity in a new colonialism. These events especially affect girls and young women. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. Popular culture is flooded with references to sexy cows, sexy pigs, sexy chickens, sexy fishes, who all just want to have fun. Meat eating is also one of the ways gender-based structures of oppression are perpetuated. Masculinity, a construct of the gender binary facing constant destabilization, feels always under threat, and eating animals is its protection racket. White supremacists weaponized it, eating meat, eggs, and dairy, and the baiting of liberal men as so-called soy boys are all part of the neo-Nazi <laughs> messaging. <laughs> to say you care about animals is considered a sign of weakness in a world still committed to the gender binary. Meat eaters like anti-abortionists have forgotten that one quality of non-existence is not having awareness about existence. When all else fails, meat eaters assert that animals are not our equals. Our whiteness is part of the problem of meat eating. Yeah, that was a speaker from Oxford University. I found it hard to tell, like, when she made the soy boy comment, were they laughing at her or were they laughing with her? I honestly couldn't tell. I don't know how crazy things are over at Oxford. So, uh, but she's making the point. Hey, if you want to know why critical race theory is so damaging, that is critical race theory right there. Um, the way you take this idea about something that has nothing to do with race and you look at it through a racial lens, like something as plain and basic as eating meat, that's that's actually critical race theory right there. That's where we see a lot of this blank is racist stuff nowadays. Okay, um, we're going to be on the headline in a segment, but first I just want to pause for a message from our president. to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. But let me close with this. Okay, and uh, now I want to do a Beyond the Headlines segment and this comes from Daily Wire. That's Ben Shapiro's um, Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Andrew Clavin. Candace Owens, they have a conglomerate of a bunch of different personalities, and I think Daily Wire is amazing. They had, an, speaking of amazing, an amazing piece by one of their reporters. Her name's Megan Basham, and I don't think I can read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go check it out. The, so the headline is, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. So as a Christian, as a pastor, I try to keep my nose to the ground on like what the bigwigs and evangelicalism are saying. Um, so when the pandemic started in 2020, I noticed a lot of the, the big names and evangelicalism, they continually echoed whatever the CDC said. 
So like when lockdowns were popular, they said, stay home. Otherwise, you aren't showing that you love your neighbor. You know, don't be selfish. Stay home. And then when masking became a big thing, they're like, wear a mask. Love your neighbor. Don't kill people. And then when the vaccines rolled out, you know, it was all about, hey, get get a shot so you can show how you love your neighbor. And so I kind of noticed this myself. Megan Basham catalogs a lot of the history of what was going on behind, behind the scenes of all this. And it names names. Um, she talks about a bunch of pastors, evangelical thought leaders who were submitting to the propaganda talking points about COVID-19, parroting whatever the CDC said, even when it wasn't true. And so I want to read some of this piece on the air today because um, it goes it goes really well with our subject matter of just how coronavirus people have, I'm sorry, how the, the experts on coronavirus, how they've lied to us this whole time. Um, so one of those experts who I have not mentioned until now was Francis Collins. He's a man who claims to be a Christian. And for many years, he was the director of the National Institute of Health, also known as the NIH. Um, Francis Collins, he is actually Anthony Fauci's boss. And he recently retired. Um, so Francis Collins claims to be a Christian. And I say claims because based on my understanding of the Bible, as an, as an ordained minister myself, I would not consider him to be a Christian. Now, again, it's between, you know, that's for God to judge. But Francis Collins, he's pro-LGBT in his policies as the director, calls himself an LGBT ally. He uses aborted fetuses in scientific experiments. So he does a lot of things that would, to me, they would cross the line for for any Christian of con- conscience. Um, he also put out this cringe video as <laughs> this was his last act as the health director. Somewhere past the pandemic, when we're free, there's a life I remember full of activity. Somewhere past the pandemic, masks will come off. So much science, guys. <laughs> that right there could be reason number 20 of why, why we don't trust the experts anymore, because a lot of them during the pandemic, they put out junk like that. So this piece by Megan Basham, it points out uh, Francis Collins is buddy-buddy with a lot of big-name evangelical leaders, and he used his influence with them to spread misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic. He you did, did it to churches across the country. Um, some of this was open, and some of this was behind closed doors. There, there's, for example, an open moment where Christianity Today editor Ed Stetzer, he interviewed Collins last year, and Collins and Stetzer were saying in their interview, they did like a webinar type of thing, they were talking about how pastors need to use their influence as ministers to encourage people to get vaccinated. Let me quote here from the article. During their discussion, Collins and Stetzer were hardly shy about the fact that they were asking ministers to act as the administration's go-between with their congregants. I want to exhort pastors once again to try to use your credibility with your flock to put forward the public health measures that we know can work, Collins said. Stetzer replied that he sometimes hears from ministers who don't feel comfortable preaching about COVID vaccines, and he advises them in those cases to simply promote the jab through social media. I just tell them when you get vaccinated, post a picture and say, so thankful I was able to get vaccinated, Stetzer said. People need to see that it is the reasonable view. Now, here's what I've heard all along from, I guess what I'd call evangelical leadership 
inside my denomination and out. They'd say, you know, if you are anti-vaccine, they would say it's deeply irresponsible for a pastor to publicly encourage his flock not to get it, that pastors should not give medical advice. And yet those same people, they don't take that perspective if you are pro-vaccine. <laughs> then they want pastors to get the jab and, and tell everyone about it, to use their influence in religion to push a medical decision. So it's based on not it's not based on a principle about being a medical professional. It's all based on politics. And as I've already said, I'll say it again. I'm a pastor. I'm a podcaster. Don't take medical advice from me. I would say seek out as many information sources as you can and make the best decision for yourself that you can. But that's not the perspective of these Christian leaders. So here's where they were talking about um, the lab leak. As we mentioned earlier in the program, what was called a conspiracy theory by the media early on in the pandemic. Um, let, let me just read from the article here. Much earlier in the pandemic, as an editor at Evangelicalism's flagship publication, Christianity Today, Stetzer had also penned essays parroting Collins' arguments on conspiracy theories. Among those, he lambasted other believers for entertaining the hypothesis that the coronavirus had leaked from a Wuhan lab. In a now-deleted essay, I'm sure he deleted it because it turned out <laughs> that it wasn't a conspiracy theory about the lab, but in a deleted essay preserved by Web Archive, Stetzer chided, If you want to believe that some secret lab created this as a biological weapon, and now everyone is covering that up, I can't stop you. It may seem strange, given the evidence now emerging of NIH-funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, to hear a church leader instruct Christians to repent for the sin of discussing the plausible supposition that the virus had escaped from a Chinese laboratory. This is especially true, as it doesn't take any great level of spiritual discernment, <laughs> just plain common sense, to look at the fact that COVID first emerged in a city with the Virology Institute that specializes in novel coronaviruses and realize it wasn't an explanation that should be set aside too easily. But it appears Stetzer was simply following Collins' lead. So as you read on, it turns out that, Stetz, that Collins was using Christianity Today and another Christian news website that's called the Gospel Coalition. He was using those websites to say that the idea of a lab leak was silly, that this COVID-19 creation was completely natural, and the Gospel Coalition said that it was a QAnon conspiracy theory if you claimed that COVID-19 came from a lab. Now, I'm going to tell you, as a Christian and as a pastor, I used to subscribe to Christianity Today. I used to visit the, visit the Gospel Coalition website every day. But I noticed a few years ago that they were really starting to get liberal in their slant, and I just couldn't personally like support them anymore. So I'm not really surprised to see that they we're just basically in the pocket of what some of the left-wing media types used to do. It's just sad that leftism, that influence, this idolatry of science influence has infiltrated even the church to where they were spreading COVID propaganda and misinformation into Christian websites, you know, trying to get the church on their side through that and trying to use influential people like the editor of Christianity Today to spread COVID propaganda. And if you were, if you had the idea, which turned out to be true, that the COVID-19 started in a lab, that they would call you a QAnon conspiracy theorist. And apparently that influence from what Meg Basham writes, it came from uh, Francis Collins. So 
Collins told them that the lab leak theory was baseless. He went on Christian news sources to say this. However, there were some Republican lawmakers like Jim Jordan. They uncovered the emails between Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins. And now we know, based on these emails that were released, if you remember the email controversy with Fauci a few months ago, we now know that these men were going on TV and talking about how silly the lab leak theory was, but behind the scenes, they were basically confirming that it was true, or at least confirming that it was credible. They were confirming that behind the scenes. As far back as February of 2020, there were meetings among heads of scientific institutions from around the world. Collins and Fauci were emailing back and forth about this, and they were talking in the meetings about how the virus must have come from the lab in Wuhan, China. That is, it shows that they were saying that in the emails and that Collins and Fauci wanted to suppress that fact because, here's a quote, it would do unnecessary harm to science in general and science in China in particular. <laughs> so they didn't want people to know that this thing had escaped from a lab. They wanted to protect science's credibility and China's reputation. So they suppressed this information and they called that idea a conspiracy theory. And Francis Collins went out called this a conspiracy theory for nearly two years, even though actual scientists had brought it up to him in the meeting as an obvious fact. And now we know this because the emails have been released. So here's the, here's the, just the thing to me as a pastor that makes me mad is that they used Christian news sources to disseminate this information. And a lot of evangelical leaders, men who I've followed and respected for years, Russell Moore, Tim Keller, Rick Warren, they praised these men as men you can trust, Christian men in government, you know how proud they were to have, not Fauci, but Collins, praised him as a Christian in government. And now we know that Collins was lying to his Christian buddies. So Russell Moore, to go back to him for a minute, he's the leader of the Southern Baptist, used to be the leader of the Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. I think now he works for Christianity Today. Um he appeared in a video webinar with Francis Collins to promote... I'm running out of... My lips are getting tired, guys. Almost done. He appeared in a video webinar with Francis Collins to promote mask wearing and getting vaccinated. And he did this under the guise that we can trust Francis Collins about this because he's a Christian. He doesn't have some other agenda. Francis Collins held up a piece of cloth on the webinar and he said, this piece of cloth is the difference in life and death. That piece of cloth mask that the CDC says today has no makes no difference in preventing COVID-19 transmission. Now, these men, these pastors I mentioned, um, I respect a lot of them or are used to. I have a whole shelf in my office of Tim Keller books, okay? And I've read every single one. And I love some of the work they've done. But these guys who promoted this um, lying <laughs> Dr. Francis Collins who promoted him as a Christian voice and someone you can trust. And now we know behind the scenes he was lying and using Christian sources to do it. They need to come out and apologize for trusting him, apologize for leading others to trust him, and condemn the stuff that he's done. Because he's done some very unchristian things also that's come out too. So they need to, now that they publicly praised him in the past, they need to take responsibility for doing that. And um, that, that's my opinion on that. Megachurch Pastor Rick Warren hosted a conversation with Francis Collins also during the pandemic. And they talked about how it's so unloving that Christians... Well, let me just read from the article itself, from Daily Wire. Once again, Warren and Collins spent their interview jointly lamenting 
the unlovingness of Christians who question the efficacy of masks, specifically framing it as a matter of obedience to Jesus. Rick Warren said, Wearing a mask is the great commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. He declared that before going on to specifically argument that religious leaders have an obligation to convince religious people to accept the government's narratives about COVID. Let me just say a word to the priests and pastors and rabbis and other faith leaders, he said. This is our job, to deal with these conspiracy issues and things like that. One of the responsibilities of faith leaders is to tell people to trust the science. Well, speaking as a pastor myself, (laughs) getting your congregation to trust the science, that is not one of your responsibilities. You're supposed to get people to trust the Bible. And for the people out there whose job is to promote science. Maybe take this program today and re-examine how well you are at doing that. The politicians don't follow their own rules. The scientists change their minds every day. And the media parrots all the worst of both worlds. Maybe if the scientists could stick to facts and data rather than politics and agendas, we could trust you again someday. But right now, I see at least 19 reasons that we cannot. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor. And by the way, if anyone says you can't call it the China virus, that's just fake news. 